Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Mark my words, Michael Knight will die. I am the voice of Knight Industry 2000's microprocessor. You wish to eat, you wish to drink, you wish to reproduce. Yeah. Which one first? Uh, excuse me, I was trying to get a student loan. I think you're in the wrong department. Discipline has never been a problem, my dear. Most people would like to think that that's probably a beer, Greg, but it's not. Is it? Um, that's all I got. I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that it is a can of clamato juice. <laughs> no. Have you ever had clamato? Yes. Clamato. I have. Yeah. Clamato. Yeah, and because uh, when you mentioned beer, I'm like, oh, there's some other stuff. Uh, there's the what is it? The the chilada, the Bud Light chilada. Oh yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Clamato yeah. and beer. It's awful, but people like it. Clamato. Is that what it's Jeez. called? <laughs> yes. You know, it's um, funny having not having not showered since the beginning of quarantine. I'm starting to get what doctors refer to as clam toe, which <laughs> is just basically all the all the goo between my toes is just living there and <laughs> turning into a clam. Did you so that reminds me of that book, one of my favorite books that I've read in the last probably 10 years, Packing for Mars. Is that where you Yes. Get, yes. Oh. That well, yeah, the packing for Mars. What they say, there's a point where you start to go like nose deaf to being gross, mm-hmm. and it's about two weeks of without showering. Well, um, we're in that's we're in, <laughs> we're in week seven of quarantine recording, Greg. So has it been that long? <laughs> no, no, I showered a couple days ago. I'm not I'm not that gross. I have my own standards. I know you do. It you're was still, a dirt you're... shower. I mean, I bought some nice, really nice sand, and I showered in the sand like elephants do. But I'm still clean. So I have to credit both of us because we are now. This is maybe giving away a little too much information to our listeners, but um, I I have an uncanny ability to go longer periods of time <laughs> without showering, and it doesn't actually look like it. Like I can mask the fact that I haven't showered very very well. <laughs> I used oh, to yes. do it in col- I used to do it in college all the time. You sure that it's just not because it's not that you were good at it? It's just that. No one else was showering in our dorm either. I mean, we were living on a freshman integration dorm as two seniors, so that is possible. Dave, you know, I was just realizing the other day. So yesterday, Christy and I watched, oh, damn, what movie was it? Oh, whoa. I don't remember. That's beside the point. But it came out in 2003. Okay. I'm like, geez, that's almost 20 years ago. Sure is. And that's, Dave and I were roommates almost 20 years ago. What yeah. the hell happened? So you want to hear something even crazier? So yes. this episode releases on May 10th, which is Mother's Day. Um, but it, it is also uh, on May 10th, 2000, I graduated from high school. <laughs> Jesus. Like, that just makes me sick to think of what's happened in the last 20 years of my life. I know. And where did it go? <laughs> I don't feel that different. <laughs> no, no. Like, personality-wise, I feel no different. Obviously, a lot of other things have changed. You know, I've got children and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm married and such, but... Per, my my actual demeanor, I am the same idiot that I was. I just didn't fully explore my idiotics until I met you. <laughs> oh, it's been it's been a marvelous twenty years, Dave. <laughs> sure has. Yeah, because it'll be this past January for you and I. We met January of two thousand three. So yeah, it would have been we're seventeen years this past January. We've we, we've known each other. Boy, oh boy. And the world was never the same. <laughs> At least either of ours wasn't. That's true. Um, hey, Greg. What? Welcome to Champa and Klein the Night Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dirk Bogard. I'm your other host, Buffy McBuff Buff. Uh, listen, if you're new to the show, the basic idea is that Buffy and I choose a classic show from the 80s and we dissect it episode by episode. While we do poke fun at the shows a lot... It is out of complete love and admiration for an era that can never be replicated. And, and let me side note here and tell you that today's episode, we are going to talk about this. We are going to poke fun of the show a lot, but it is out of 100% love for an episode that will never be. I just, oh, I can't, I can't even. <laughs> I love it. No, no, you got it. This episode will never be replicated from an era that can never be replicated. Exactly. Um, Occasionally, Greg and I like to create our own side stories within an episode to see where it takes us. Um, Also, Greg is convinced that all 80s TV and movies are connected within the same universe, so that comes into play many, many times throughout. 
Greg, I know we talked a little bit before that intro, but how the hell are you, man? I know we saw each man. other. We actually saw each other in the flesh a couple days ago. I know. It was good to see your flesh. Oh, was I wearing you know, shorts? And I got to say, uh, you were wearing shorts. Mm. I'm wearing shorts right now. Good. Or am I? You can only see up to my, my, my boobs. <laughs> anyway, I'm d- actually doing pretty good. I'm, I, things, are, things are swell. Things are kind of quiet still, but... Um, you know, just, just chugging along again, I'll just say it. Like I was really lucky that unemployment has worked as smoothly as it has. And and so far so good. Um, it's not the same as having a job, but I'm definitely staying occupied and uh, trying to fill my time. Like today I decided to get a serve safe certification because I had two hours free. So I did it. Why not? I think that's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. I'm really trying to figure out ways to stay occupied and what skills can I gather now because I have the time that might be useful down the road or it might just be interesting because who knows when we're going to have another two full months to ourselves to try to better ourselves. I, I mean, the fact that I've been out of work since March 26th and it is now May 10th is like blowing my mind. This is This is the longest quote unquote non-vacation that i've had like non-vacation vacation that i've had because i know at the end of this i'm i have a job to go back to that's good i mean and i do too i think i do i hope i do (laughs) being in the tourism business yeah it's really it's a difficult thing to know or what what's going to exist in three months yeah you know because everything's just going to be entirely different so business models are going to have to change and you know who knows but um not I'm not really worried. I'll figure something out. Whatever happens, happens. You'll you'll figure it out. You'll 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 bounce back, Gregory, and I'll bounce things off you too. You just bounce things off me, Dave. <laughs> oh man, I I gotta tell you, I'm so much happier with the way today's recording is going than last week's. Last this week's is internet great. was a shit show. This actually, uh, it feels like we're in the same room with each other. I know, I know. So I let this Sunday when Greg and I saw each other, I actually delivered all of his um, extra um, accessories and stuff for. For recording so there was an extra mic a cable all of his the extra mixing board and i just brought it all up to him because i needed to get out of the house and take a drive and he you hooked it all up and god it sounds unbelievable <laughs> from over there good I, you know and it's it's we're just gushing about our own stuff but it, it finally took us this long to do it and i and i'm so glad that we did and it's working absolutely um so greg before we jump into the episode i actually want to give a quick thank you to um the, a sometimes co-host slash uh listener of our podcast um so those of you heard us talk about this guy a couple times uh and he's actually was on the show um bill from the atari bytes podcast um his sometimes co-host or his son henry is um he's been doing a lot of artwork and he's been drawing a lot of artwork that is actually on the atari bytes instagram page and he's trying to raise money and i cannot remember for what i apologize bill and i actually bought one of his prints today and it came in the mail, and so I wanted to sh- send a quick shout-out and a thank you to Henry for it. I'm going to get a frame, and I'm going to put it up in the studio. Uh, it's got a place of honor down here for as long as I'm down here. Um, so thank you, thank you for sending me that. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the final product. You, you did post it on our Instagram page, so I don't yes. know if it's on Twitter too, but you can see it there if you're interested. Check out uh, Champa Klein on Instagram, and you'll find it. Yeah, and if you're interested in supporting Henry's Ventures, um, go to the Atari Bytes Instagram page and look at all of his artwork. Um, it's I think it's two dollars for uh, for an artwork print, and uh, it's well worth it to uh, to support him. And I really appreciate that he uh, did that drawing for me. So thanks again, Henry. Greg, you want to get into tonight's episode? Do my God, yes, I do. More <laughs> so, more so than any other episode so far, I think. All right, here we go, guys. It is season three, episode seventeen, the nineteenth hole. So, Greg, how many holes do you think Michael has? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, oh, okay. I really don't know. I could okay. count. Do you want me to speculate? I would like you to speculate how many holes Michael has. I think he has one that he uses for everything. Oh. An okay. omni-hole. That's not why I thought you were going with it, but okay. One mu- mu- a multi-hole, an omni-hole. <laughs> Can do anything with it. So he doesn't. So so my point in saying that was he doesn't have nineteen holes. So we know that that's not what this episode was named for. Oh oh I, I oh okay I see I see now what you were getting at. So he doesn't have nineteen holes. No. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Fair enough. It, 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 right. This, in fact, it has it's great. I, this nineteen hole thing worked out really well for me. I guess I love. I think it. it looked. I think it was really great. All right. So the episode opens on a woman named Jamie, and she's working for a newspaper called the Marbury Times, and she's getting ready for for the first annual Marbury Grand Prix, and like she's she's really like putting forth all these efforts. She's got all these flyers out and ready to go, and in fact, she's she's calling the printer because he's misspelled Grand Prix. He spelled it P R I P R E E instead of P R I X. So she has him change all these like five thousand flyers for the Grand Prix. She starts to leave, and we see a guy on the phone tell somebody else that this woman has just left. So while Jamie is driving. She basically, a car comes into her lane and plays a little bit of chicken and drives Jamie off the road, which rolls her Jeep into a, basically like a little ravine. And then she just, I could have wished she had been unconscious, but she very, without a scratch on her, was just like, well, I forget what, what that make of car is. It's like, it almost looks like an amphibious vehicle, but I forget what it is, but it had a roll cage in it. So that was yeah. useful. That's what helped her. But I'll, I just want to comment also that the two cars that ran her off the road, they looked like the, the Illinois Nazi limousines from the Blues Brothers. Yes. I was like, it must have been the Illinois Nazis. It was those I like station it. wagons, like with the wood paneling. And yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Drove her right off the road. She freaked out and rolled down the hill. No fun for her. That was too bad. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my seltzer. <clears throat> Perfect timing, Dave. You, you, you don't do that in the middle of a monologue. You know, we, my family and I had a Ford Country Squire, much like the car that drove Jamie off the road. Ah, yes. Just in case you were wondering. Anyway, we cut to Michael and Kit, who are, uh, we assume they're on their way back from like a, it sounds like a three or four day mission. And Michael is just quiet and he's appreciating the countryside and, you know, Kit's, Kit, you know, Kit starts talking to Michael about what it, what it's like being a child because Kit can't visualize Michael as a child and he can't <laughs> he can't visualize himself as a child. And I'm like, well, that was a that's a weird comment to make, Kit. Well, I'm wondering, like, what would Kit have been like as a child? Like, what would that be? Like, who? What would it be like? Just like he would have less skills. I would love for somebody to discuss what Kit would be like as a child. Send us your thoughts. No, he's a micro machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he is as a child. He started off as a micro machine. <laughs> okay, I dig it. Went to hot went to Hot Wheels status, then went to the big wheel status, then he went mm. to um I can't think of what comes after a Hot Wheels or a Big uh, Wheels. I don't know. A pretty big jump there. Tyco Toys? <laughs> Tyco Toys, like one of the uh yeah, yes. So I, that's what I would visualize Kit as a little micro machine like, So you think little... he, like he was actually like a a child? yes i do like he's grown he's not like just parts like more and more parts he's getting smarter and smarter no he's physically growing from micro machine to the trans am he is now wow that's something else wow yeah exactly (laughs) um so i love this part because when michael's driving and like you know he's just he's waxing nostalgia about his childhood Devin calls to tell him about this woman who was attacked that she might, she's convinced that someone's trying to kill her. And Michael tell Devin tells Michael that they have to head to Mar- Marbury. But before Michael can, Devin can say that, Michael gets super passive aggressive about this, and he's like, he's like, all right, no, no, let me, let me, let me see what you're, what you're about to say is, you want me to do this, you want me to do that, you want me to do this, even though I've been gone for three days. And Devin's like, can you just go to Marbury? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael's pretty upset. Did you catch the relationship? Why Why they called Devin? No, I missed that. What did he say? So, again, it goes back to our thing. Like, there's no phone number for Devin. You just have to know him. <laughs> right, she, yes. She's the granddaughter of one of Devin's good friends. So this isn't even a foundation thing. It's just someone called in a favor. It's personal. Oh, it's my personal. gosh. <laughs> again. I w- you know, my hope is, is that the, the grandfather is the guy that um, – that uh, let Devin borrow the car, the <laughs> yes. general. Yes, we. That would be my hope. Okay, that would be fun. So, I like that. I like that. So here we meet two of the goons that kind of run the rest of the episode. Ben and Joey, or Nick and Joey. I don't remember their ben, names. It ben and matter. Jerry. Ben and Jerry. Ben, ben and Jerry, and they're waiting for Mister C. Mister C. What is that? Who, what do you think Mister C is? Kappa Kappadophilus. <laughs> Yes, actually, Mr. Cap- Cappadopoulos. Cappadopoulos. 
<laughs> We're waiting for Mr. C. Cappadophilus. Um, <laughs> so I love, okay, so let me talk about Mr. C for a second, because we actually don't meet him to the very end of the episode, but he must have, and I, 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 I apologize if this is his actual accent, one of the worst accents I've ever heard on a television show. I don't know what it was. I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, could you decipher what that accent was? Well, the whole I feel I felt like all these guys were supposed to be like mobsters, like Italian mobsters. Oh, they for sure were, but they but, just they weren't really acting like it. So they they while on the surface they were acting generically like it, kind of stereotypical, whatever you would yeah. think. But okay, I, I don't know, and it, and you know what? Who cares? These guys were just they were just filler for the story to move forward. Exactly. So when they meet each other outside this motel, which, by the way, that was a pretty swanky motel. You think so? By the way. You like I it? I mean... You like all that didn't... wood paneling? Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of wood paneling, which is why I didn't change the wood paneling in my studio. Oh, no. I know. It's like... it's, But and it, I like the fact that you, it's not actual wood. It's all like press board, and you like that oh, yeah. better. Yeah. Absolutely. So... They, these two guys, they keep laughing about the 19th hole as they, they start watching cars drive by, like really like antique, like fancy race cars. They're all prepping for the Marbury Grand P. P- Grand P. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand P. Yes. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what Michael probably does every morning, a Grand P. It's so. a pissing competition. <laughs> Who gets the... Michael would win. He's got the longest stream. There's no question. <laughs> You'd put them all to shame. Um so they start laughing. These two guys start laughing about the nineteenth hole as they walk into the, as they walk into the motel. I can just see you chuckling over there. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. What Michael's pee stream? Yeah, <laughs> the grand <laughs> pee. <laughs> so, so Michael arrives in Marlboro. Marlboro. God. <laughs> Marbury. Well, I keep thinking of Mayberry from the Andy Griffith show, and yeah. I wished it was Mayberry. Because mm-hmm. apparently Mayberry is supposed to be this quiet, peaceful retirement community, but there's all these like race cars and like people just like partying all over the streets. Well, you know, I think we find out more. I think it was at one point. We'll find out yes. more about that. Yes. So he arrives in Marbury, and he's asking around where the sponsor's booth is, because he's actually going to enter Kit into the qualifying race so that Kit can be a part of the Grand Prix. And he meets this woman who points him in the right direction. Now, did you catch what this woman's nickname was in high school? No, I didn't. Her nickname was All, A-L-L. Not A-W-L? No, I'm pretty sure, because Michael makes a comment about, thank you, he makes a comment using the word All, and she goes, well, that was my nickname in high school. What? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, wow. Okay. I didn't catch yep. that. Probably because that's stupid and it just it was really over dumb. Me. Why it stuck out to me, I'll have no I have no freaking idea. Um so we have the running gag of the episode. We have this hillbilly named Rooster who is attempting to get under Kit's hood because he wants to see what's going on under there. So the first the first time we see him, he gets under there with a crowbar and he cracks the crowbar right in half trying to open kit's hood and kit but gets what a dink in. like he even asked michael he's like you don't have a lot of horses under there and he's like no i don't or he's like i don't know but he's a jumper like a horse reference i don't know so yeah. immediately this guy rooster is like what a dick i'm gonna i'm gonna go open the hood myself like what it just like goes off to vandalize other people's vehicles yeah, i don't i don't know does. i don't understand his point he no. So this guy Rooster reminded me of what, like, I don't know, what a grip from the 1940s would have looked like on a film set. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I can't explain Absolutely. that. No, I, I know what you're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so Michael walks up to the woman at the sponsor's booth, um, it, and it turns out that it's Jamie. And he, and he introduces himself as Michael Knight from the foundation. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't, you're here so soon. I wasn't expecting you to be here right now. I have to run the sponsor's booth. And Michael's like, well, could we go somewhere quietly and talk? And she's like, well, I could, but nobody's going to man the sponsor booth. So why don't you meet me at my house at 9 o'clock? Now, I just want to also make a point. So this is yep. the same day, later that morning, presumably, after her yep. car was run off the road. Yep. Okay, sure. It's the same I mean, day, the same yeah. f- four hours. I would imagine. And, and I mean, we probably have, I assume that they had that one-off moment where 
she like reaches out for something to take off of Michael and her hands are shaking. So she's clearly still shaken up about it, but not enough that she felt the need to not go sit at the well, sponsors. Well, I, booth I, I just day. can't even think of the timeline. Think about it. So she gets pushed off the road and this is before like cell phones. So she right. had to have either had a radio or someone drove by or she walked back to town and her car is still like buried in the dirt someplace. Right. Like, how did this timeline work? I don't understand I don't, it. I don't know. They could have just made it the next this. day. Why not just the next day? I mean, maybe we can assume it was the next day because we find out. Well, actually, I don't think no, we know where it it's is. It's the because... same day because Michael said Michael was on the way. There was a reference that li- made the timeline all work out that it was Devin just talked or Michael just talked to Devin and he's there. He just got there. So I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, it right. just struck me as funny. Absolutely. So Jamie says, well, why don't you meet me at my house at nine o'clock? So Michael goes to the motel to kind of try to check in. And the front desk guy's being a real dickhead to him. He's like, you know, we don't want you. We don't want you checking into this hotel. And Michael's like, I, I, I'm, I'm not a racer, you know, because the whole thing was that the hotels around the area and the motels aren't allowing racers to check into the hotel. Mm-hmm. And Michael's trying to, like, convince this guy, like, I'm not a racer. Why do you, I just need a, a motel room for the night? And as he's doing this, one of the one of the guys, I think it was Joey, whoever it was, he's basically gets up in Michael's face and tells him to get the fuck out of here. Like get out of this hotel. Like we don't need you here. We don't want your we don't want you here. And Michael reciprocates the aggressiveness by basically like locking his arm behind <laughs> the guy's back and is like, Nope, you know what? I don't like this motel. And he pushes the guy out of the way and walks out. <laughs> he just storms out. I thought it was great. Like, cause one of the few times, awesome. like Michael, like really fights back in the moment to a real d bag. Absolutely. And I thought it was great because the guy didn't really even try to fight back. He just was like, "Okay, that was not cool," and lets him go. And he kind of moves on. Um. So now we get the kind of the whole story here at Jamie's house that night. I wish that Michael had changed into short shorts for this scene. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, that would have been great, it, like with the little like Adidas stripes down the side. Yes, yes, you could just see like tiny bits of pube hanging, <laughs> cascading out. It's just a tuft. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just felt like it had been a couple minutes since we made some sort of a weird genitalia joke. So <laughs> oh, perfect, love it. Thanks. So, um. So Jamie tells Michael that the threats against her, because apparently this has been happening a little bit. There's been threats against her telling her to call off the Grand Prix. And she they began the day after Jamie announced that Marbury was going to host the first Grand Prix. Mm. She even contacted the Racing Association, who gave her the blessing to have the Grand Prix. The Racing Association actually had agreed to underwrite the cost of building a permanent course if the first race was super successful. But she started getting these phone calls threatening her with her life. You know, you need to stop this now. You can't do this. But she has no idea why. She doesn't know if it's a crank call. Michael doesn't understand why somebody would be killing to stop this race. Um, as they're talking, a phone call comes in from the motel from somebody giving Jamie one last chance to stop the race or else as we see outside a car slowly driving by. Well, we f- we find out that it's it's from the motel because Kit uh, Kit traces it there. So that's right. that's part of why. Yeah, it's really good. it's funny. But she also she mentions that she she left her job in where is it Detroit or something as a reporter. I think it was Chicago because she came to came to visit or whatever and ended up loving the town and stayed. Right. Um, yeah. So she's bringing this race here. It's I got the feeling that the the townsfolk didn't want the race there. No, they definitely didn't want any of this to happen. And, you know, Jamie plays this whole sob story about how she gave up on her lifelong dream of of of, of being a journalist in Chicago to come to this little town. And she's not going to let go of this. And, you know, the whole town, clearly nobody wants this to happen. And she just kind of is going against anything that like, what power does she have? She's just working for the newspaper. Right. OK, sure. Fine. Great. Love it. And, and it seems like she's the only one. That she's still a reporter? That's the thing that I didn't understand. I guess she's still a reporter, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, ima- uh, imagining, thinking about what she did over the course of the episode leads me to believe that she was in some sort of journalism because she's been trying to, she's been trying to catch this scoop of a story while also 
planning this giant grand prix for whatever freaking reason. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I didn't get all of the reasons of why she's doing what she's doing, but she's still a reporter and she's kind of bailing on her job to actually plan this grand prix race. So, there you right. go. Right. So as they're talking and as as they as they get off the phone, Kit tells Michael that there's somebody outside the house driving by very slowly, kind of like Case in the house. And Michael and Kit get in. Michael gets into Kit and they start to chase this guy off. But as they're driving off, he scans and finds um, a bomb under Jamie's car. They turn around and Michael gets back just in time to kind of push Jamie out of the way before her car detonates and explodes. Yeah, all over her yard. Yep. She's like, oh my God. Michael's, of course, like oh. lying on top of her in the, in the, in the front yard, but <laughs> saved her life. <laughs> saved her life. Somehow. Somehow his shirt ends up off while he's tackling her. Like, <laughs> like he gets the- out of the car fully clothed, and then the next cut, he dives across the lawn in his underwear. <laughs> and it, he, he's a- lying there like the the, uh, the the Burt Reynolds like Playboy Center or Playgirl Center fold. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what we haven't seen Michael do in a while? Shower. O- order or <laughs> shower. Order a beer. Oh yeah, you're right. He hasn't had any beer in a while. Right. It was. I, it's just I, that dawned on me today. I'm like, we need to see Michael go into a bar and order a beer yeah he doesn't he doesn't during this one at all which is interesting um this is where jamie starts to really kind of bug me for this episode but i understand why she did it for the character so michael tells jamie you know you worry about making this race happen and worry about making it the best that it can be i will worry about figuring out who's behind these phone calls do me a favor just stay here until i figure out what's going on oh okay Mm, michael don't worry i'll do all right Mm, i'll I'll do that right so okay Michael enters Kit into the Grand Prix, um, and Michael basically thinks that, and I love Kit's comment here, and he's like, Michael, you entering me in this qualifying race is like telling with some football player to throw a quarterback pass, and he's like, what are you doing? Like, this is just no-brainer. No, he, got it, he got it all mixed up. He, he, mixed up he, uh, he mixed up football and baseball, and that's where Michael's like, I think i got to have Bonnie check your sports statistics circuit or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Kit, it was a funny moment. Because basically, Kit's just like, you know what? I would house everyone. So, like, why are you even entering me in this qualifying match? Like, this is this is a no-brainer. I'm going to beat the shit out of everyone in here. And Michael's like, you know what? He's like, the reason I'm doing this is because the sponsor of the race isn't phased by the threats. He's like, whoever the person is might start working their way through these contestants. So I want you to run reports on all the other racers and find out what's going on. As Kit's, like, snapping photos of all the racers... We see Rooster again, who's like walking over to Kit with the mini buzzsaw. What a dink. <laughs> I'm like, what an idiot. And you could, it was funny because I could watch it. So I had to watch these, this episode on my, um, on my laptop because, like I, I told you earlier, the first side of disc three of my Knight Rider DVD set is corrupted. I can't play those four episodes. It, and it, you can't clean it. It doesn't change. Nothing happens. I have cleaned it so many times. Like I poured bleach on the DVD. I poured bleach in the DVD player. Like it just, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get it clean. Have you tried like bringing it into the bathtub with you while while it's running? I did, I did, and I actually, I actually put, I tried to clean it with like electrical wiring while I was in there because usually like it works as like a as a scrub brush. I couldn't get it clean. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. So unfortunately, I have to watch the next four episodes on NBC.com, which is sucks because it's a 48-minute episode and I get about a half hour of commercials. Oh God, that much? <laughs> oh, it's it's not that it's not that excessive, but I would say in 48-minute episode, I watched uh, probably 15 to 17 minutes of commercials. Wow, that's it absurd. was really bad. It was really bad. Um, so yeah, so Rooster like goes up to Kit and he's gonna try to like buzz saw into the hood and the second he turns the buzzsaw on in front of kit the buzzsaw just like crumbles to yeah pieces. just cr- turns the dust in pieces and he's just like what i don't understand uh idiot yeah it, and kit's like well i would beg you not to do that again and he just like backs away into his own little spot yeah he does the same move twice like he backs up almost runs people over and parks across the park the parking lot in the other space right but then exactly. rooster doesn't follow him over there and Rooster can clearly nope. tell. You can clearly see there's nobody inside. Kid's driving himself. Right, right, absolutely. I love so, how I love how this point in the series they've just completely thrown away trying to hide Kit. Oh yeah, they don't no, even care. Kit's just nope, nope. Kit's just his own thing now. Like nobody seems to even question that it's driving itself. Um, 
Although, actually, in the next scene, I have to tell you one of my favorite moments in the episode. So, <clears throat> Michael and Kit actually end up rushing out because um, Michael says that he's been trying to call Jamie, and he calls to ask for her. I th- I forget where he called, but whoever he talked to said that Jamie actually left for the motel. Called her service. So, she must have an answering service or something oh, like okay. that. okay. Yeah, so, um, so after he explicitly told her not to do anything... She leaves and goes to the hotel. Because in the next cut, we see her hiding behind some bushes, snapping photos of Joey and the other guy now, going into the going into the motel. Now, I just want to talk about these scenes as these gangsters are showing up at this motel. It's like the, yep. it's like the Godfather, you know, this kind of like generic sort of Italian Godfather music's playing. They come out, they shake hands, they they kiss e- on each cheek, they do all this yep. stuff. Oh, it's good to see you. It's good. I haven't seen you in a while, old man. Uh, all this stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. the most generic gangster shit. And they're all carrying these briefcases, and they're doing it like all at, like in broad daylight at this motel on the side of the highway. I don't understand. They picked a good it spot for sure. It's a weird place for a mob conference. I get, I don't like <laughs> a mob conference. <laughs> it's a nice little a mob conference. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Jamie goes into the motel, and I feel bad because Jamie starts putting on. She she starts talking in like faux British, uh, faux German, like Guten Tag, Guten Tag, and she just walks like, in terrible accent, just like pretends she's a, a I guess a worker there. Punches in someone's time card, just grabs That's, it. The, that actually pissed me off more than anything in the episode. I'm like, the poor person whose time card she's using is going to like lose all this pay. Well, also, I think it's so funny that the other workers that are there don't say anything. There's clearly one of the mobster guys out back kind of monitoring who comes and goes. Doesn't say anything. Like I would think that if they've locked down the entire motel or hotel, they would know exactly who works there and who can go in and out. And she just walks in. Okay, going to go inside and pretend I work here. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So she goes into the motel and she sees a couple of men. Presumably, we assume that they're mobsters. They're, they're, they're having a meeting in one of the conference room. And they, she runs into Joey or one of the guys, whoever, one of, the, one of those dipshits. She runs into one of the guys. It doesn't matter, Greg. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. That's the best part. Just tell the story. Who cares who the characters are? So she starts like, the guy starts like questioning this woman and she doesn't really know what to do. But shockingly, Michael shows up at the exact moment that she's struggling and pretends to be her husband and that they're on their honeymoon and she's looking for their hotel room because she thought that was the honeymoon suite. Yep. Okay. This conference (laughs) room was a honeymoon suite. Got it. Gotcha. No, it's funny. Really... So then the guys on the inside kind of recognize Michael's voice. It was the guy that he kind of fought in the beginning, like twisted his arm. He's like, I know that voice. And the, and as they keep talking, Michael, they keep making their way down the hall. And he's all of a sudden like, run, get out of here. And so right. that's when all the bad guys start running out, chasing him. And he's like throwing stuff in the way. They run out of the hotel and calls Kit to come rescue them. And she's just like, I don't know what's going on. This is so much fun. Oh, my God. I don't know. And then they get in kit and drive away. That's it. So I love this I love this moment because the 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 valet is super flabbergasted by the fact that a car has pulled up on its own. Michael and Jamie get in and drive away. And I love the the, the valet just sits there and he like puts his hands up and then just like crosses his arms and just stands there and watches them drive off. I love that little moment. He was just completely in, like, what the fuck just happened? It's like, I know. Well, because when you think about it, that's what we don't see the reactions of a lot of people on the side of the road, but that's the sort of right. stuff that would happen. This car drives up, two people run out, jump into it, and hey, man, no, no one was driving that car in the first place. Oh, well, right. I'll be. <laughs> it was great. Okay, so here we go. Number two, the second moment that Michael tells Jamie, stop taking these chances and putting yourself at risk. Let me do the dirty work. And she's like, okay, I'm not going to put myself in danger again. So as Michael drops her off back at her house, she full-on mouth kisses him. Of course. <laughs> after what? After what, 12 hours? Yeah. And, or is oh, it the same day? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I. Ooh. That, no, it's it's the next day. It's the next is day the because next? Okay. her car nearly her car yeah so her car was rolled over the day before the day before that's when Michael met her then that night her other car I guess was blown up in her driveway and then the next day is when she goes oh yeah that's yeah. right her other car right I forgot she has two cars. yeah well no, she doesn't anymore one was totaled and the other one was blown up in her driveway so I don't know oh how she God. gets around the rest of the episode she probably I walks have no idea um 
So we cut to the qualifying race and Rooster. So the qualifying race is going to be Rooster against Kit to see who gets to enter into the Grand Prix. As they're driving, the race starts and they're just kind of driving along. Kit tells Michael that none of the racers have been in trouble with the law, save for like a few minor infractions. He's like, there's not there's not one thing that we can hold against any of these racers. So as they're driving, Kit scans on part of the racetrack a high-voltage wire being shot across the racetrack, which, shockingly, Kit can't deactivate. Well, it's fun because this is the bit where he's going up against Rooster. Right. Yeah, so, and they're on the race. And I think it's funny that this race course, the, all, these are mostly street cars, from what I can tell, ends up, yes, being, they are. ends up being a dirt track. Somehow it just ends up being dirt. And, yeah, uh, yeah so they're driving along. Kit's right behind Rooster, then finds, a, oh, yeah, Michael, there's a there's a high voltage wire lying across the road. Okay, right. H- how? From what? From where? I don't. Right. And they're like, well, Michael's like, well, can we micro jam it? And he's like, no, I can't do that, Michael. Well, okay, you can do everything else, but apparently this is too much for you to deactivate one wire. Kit basically tells Michael, like, hey, if Rooster drives over this first, this will literally incinerate his car. <laughs> like, and that's the thing, I don't understand how. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I'm just like, suspension of disbelief, electrical cable sounds great, fine, that sounds exciting, let's do that. I don't know yeah. how it would work, I don't get it. I don't know, but it was great. It, this leads to my favorite moment in the entire episode right here, okay? So Kit turbo boosts over Rooster, hits the wire himself. I thought it was going to initially, it, it kind of like when we cut back from commercial, we see all of like Kit's internal circuitry like kind of like flicker on, flicker off, and like kind of. but then everything levels out. And then it just starts playing what Michael refers to as champagne music. It's like elevator music. It's great. And I, just, I don't know why I laughed harder in that moment than anything else in the show. It was so funny. Just the way that Michael was just like, uh, hey, buddy, what's, go- what's going on? You know, you know, <laughs> I know we haven't done sound clips in this show at all yet. And this is one that I had to do. So I got a copy of it and we'll put it in right here. Oh, you did? <laughs> What's that strange music? It was caused by the high-voltage current surging through my laser modulator. Well, turn it off, will you? All right, Michael, but I can't guarantee it won't come back on again. I'll talk to Bonnie about that. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's so goofy. It's so much fun. God, I sound like an idiot. It's so much fun. But, man, Michael's reaction... And then Kit's like, well, I, I can stop it, but I can't promise you it won't come back. It's like, he's like, well, we'll have to talk to Bonnie about that one. So it's making me think, okay, you know, sometimes you can get like radio stations in your phone lines and stuff like that. I'm like, well, maybe right. this came from, from the ether and somehow got in Kit. I don't know. But I'm thinking, no, I'm, I bet you somewhere Wilton Knight buried that in Kit's circuitry as a joke. Yes. Yes, he buried it so deep. He's like, "Oh, this will be really funny. Nobody's ever going to find this." And then, under what, <laughs> under the specific circumstance that Kit drives over a high voltage wire, this is the result. <laughs> yeah, it's like you could see Wilton Knight being like, "Well, I mean, you can only imagine. The only way this is ever going to happen is if somebody drives over a high voltage wire that would incinerate any other cars. But <laughs> that that would never happen. <laughs> so this is gonna be, this is gonna be my little joke. <laughs> oh, it was it was." My favorite moment of the entire episode. I absolutely loved it. So, Jamie tells Michael, this is the moment that Jamie tells Michael, I think I jumped the gun a little, so she tells Michael here that she gave up every journalist's dream of hitting this big story, and now she's she's got this big story here, whatever's going on with these guys, she's been snapping these photos of, of these mobsters going into this motel to have these meetings, she's like, I don't want to let this story go, and she comes around the corner because she's taken all these pictures and all the negatives from the photos she took were underexposed because of her f- grandfather's wartime camera. Yeah. Michael's like, wait, what war? She's like, I don't know, the World War Two. He's like, okay, awesome. So maybe don't go using this, like, 40, 50-year-old camera, like, to go take all your photos. But she did, and her photos didn't work out. And then Michael's like, well, I'll see if Kit can right. fix these, but you have to promise me. Not to go back there again. She's like, oh, you drive a hard bargain. Okay. All right, Michael. I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) She sounds Um, just like that. And Michael's like, okay, that's weird, and leaves. Okay, well, 
I'm a I'm a go now. I'm not gonna help you. For he the rest he calls of the up Devin and says like, "Yo, she crazy," and just dry, it's like, "I'm not going back. I'm not helping her. She can die. That's fine." <laughs> <laughs> so so Kit, you know, Michael obviously you know has Kit try to pull the original images from the negatives, but shockingly, he can't pull the faces. But they get one tiny frame out of all the pictures of a briefcase. Perfect. That's enough for Michael. Michael's to go like, on. you know what? Kit, find a leather goods store. I'm like, what is he doing? Oh, he's got a Michael Knight plan. We find he's out soon a- enough. I mean, it's a, it's clever enough, but I don't. The fact that he pulls it off is ridiculous. Right. So so Kit scans and finds out that Joey's in in room 117. So Michael's like, all right, kid, here we go, buddy. It's fine. Time for phase one. Let's let's do this. So Kit causes a diversion by overriding the alarm clock to blast rock music while Michael sneaks in and swaps out the briefcase with a phony. And I love this because every time, every time jo- Joey goes in, he shuts off the alarm clock. And every time he turns to leave and Michael's still in there, he just blasts the music again. But it's playing to... So it's playing to every situation prior to this where I was expecting Michael to get caught because he always gets caught. Yes. But they didn't let it happen. He kept like, oh, he's going to get caught. Nope. Oh, it happened like three or four times. But he got away with this bullshit, ridiculous scheme of breaking into this guy's hotel room while he's sleeping, then having Kit wake him up to distract him to Michael sneak in, swap out the briefcases. I'm like, there's no way. But no, no, that's another reason why I love this episode so much. It felt like they were making, poking fun at the other episodes. I don't know. That's how yes. I got it. No, absolutely. Because at one point, like Michael leaves, shuts the door, and it's like the loudest door click that I've ever heard. I and know. I like, oh. You hear him leave, and the guy's like, oh, well, bleh. goes back to sleep. But he goes I don't back know. to take a nap. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Michael opens the briefcase and finds a really large sum of money in the briefcase. And Devin's like, Michael, do you do you have any idea what this connection is between the convention at the motel and the incident at the race course? And Michael's like, no, but I, I do know that this might help. And he pulls out a list of all the contributors to, like, the big families. All these, like, financial contributors to, like, the head of the mob family, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like uh, I don't know, a little ledger. I don't know. It's basically evidence to tie them all yeah, exactly. together. And he's like, Michael, we have to get this to the FBI. Huh? We'll break them all right. down. Oh, we'll drive a wedge between the family. Ha ha. But that's what, yeah, he gets, Devin gets all like all hot for it. And he's like, Oh, and he's like reading off all the names. He's like, who Johnny finger butts and all the like, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny finger butts. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're turning red. I can see it on the camera. <laughs> oh, we gotta catch Johnny Fingerbutts. Ah, fuck. No, but the I it's funny. I keep thinking that Devin gets really excited anytime he thinks he can call the FBI. Yes. He's like, ah, oh, yes. we get to call the FBI again. I'm like a real crime fighter. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm sorry. I don't know if you can see my eyes in the camera, but I'm like crying. Well, because you said Johnny Fingerbutts? I because he it was an, there wasn't it was Johnny Finger something I don't remember what it was. Finger Butts is fine Johnny Finger Eyes <laughs> Ew, Johnny Finger Eyes He's got little he's got little fingers <laughs> Sorry Okay So back at the motel Jamie shockingly defies Michael for the third time this episode sneaks into the conference room. Here's the guys coming back and like hides under a table, which um, conveniently just seems to be housing salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> which doesn't make I'm like, what kind of banquet hall would keep their salt and pepper shakers on a little shelf underneath a banquet table that you can't I get don't to? No, it was amazing. Oh my god! But I thought it was just like so ep- Like she goes around sneaking around. Of course she's gonna get pinned down. But she hears right. them coming and hides under the table. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, okay, so now we meet Mr. C, who's coming in. He's like, I'm going to make a toast to everybody, but first I I hear that there are some presents for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a briefcase with a a big one in it. Right. So basically each of the families comes forth with like a briefcase with like loads and loads of money to give to. Basically, he's the Don. He's the big guy. Like, and so they're giving him all this money as a sign of respect. 
So when they get to Joey's briefcase, he opens it and this just little clown pops out and just like starts like sitting there and he's like, Joey, what I is I thought this? it was awesome. Kind of so but I'm thinking of like, wait, so why why did why didn't Joey not notice that the briefcase is like fifty pounds lighter? Because right. it was packed full of money. So if you took a briefcase and you filled it with like, I don't know, eight reams of paper, it's gonna be pretty right. heavy. You know, right. like and so <laughs> this little, this little like p- Jack in the Box wavy clown on a spring that Michael built. The thing that gets me is that Michael found this briefcase, found this stupid little puppet with a spring, and a t- put it in the briefcase. Oh, it's like, you know, we find out later that Michael had hidden a tape recorder in there, but God, that tape recorder could not have been that heavy. <laughs> I know. Maybe it was the maybe it was the little puppet. It was Michael. Well, he probably had like one of those, um, uh, like a fake, like a fake bottom. Yeah. And he put inside it. He actually probably put a layer of his dried shit. (laughs) (laughs) Drying it out would just make it lighter. Why not just leave the wet stuff in there and put it in a plastic bag? I think I've lost my mind, Craig. (laughs) So Michael Knight found a briefcase, filled it with his own shit, and a little springy clown. With a tape recorder. <laughs> Quarantine has got to me. I'm done. I can't do it. Oh, God. No. Okay. All right. So Michael finds, he finds the tape recorder and the clown, and he hears Mr. C talking, and he knows that he's got what he needs. So they talk about getting rid of Jamie at the 19th hole. Which is Michael's like, what, oh, what is it, 19th hole? What is it? Ooh, okay. All right. So they start like scanning the area around the motel and all these places. And Michael, they find an undeveloped area over by the Marbury Golf Course that hasn't been touched. And it's owned by the city. And they're thinking that that's going to be the space that's going to be used as potentially used as the Grand Prix course once the permanent course is built. So they want to build this Grand Prix course mm. behind the golf course on this undeveloped area. So they head over there to the empty area, and this blew me away. This this shocked me completely. Like, I was... He scans the area, and Michael's and Kit's like, Michael, there's something underground. And he's like, there seems to be a bunch of... Uh, he's like, Do- dozens of wooden boxes. And he kind of gives the, the measurements, and he goes, why don't you scan what's inside those? And he goes, uh, Michael... Those are bodies. <laughs> Michael, it's human remains. Oh, my God. Like, everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, the graphic just shows this, like these like little skeletons inside these coffins buried all over this area. Which is the 19th hole. So it's this weird sort of unused lot that the city owns that apparently these gangsters have been using as their dumping ground for years. And I think, oh, it's, yeah. and I think it's funny that the gangsters are now threatened... Because she wants to build this race course like clubhouse there. Right. And they're taking it out on her when, in fact, the gangsters should try to buy it from the city <laughs> or just not use it anymore and just let it go. Right. I mean, you have to imagine that at some point, I don't know how long this land has been undeveloped, but at some point, you have to imagine that someone else has come forward to try to use this land for something. And maybe the other people just were like, okay, you know what? No, we don't need this. We'll find somewhere else to go. But I don't know. It doesn't. It didn't make a whole lot of you sense. You know, they're loved. The what idea happened? They're buried it. there. That's no, true they're too. just buried there. That's like everybody that tried to use that land is just buried on it. Well, we actually get a new feature. Well, maybe it's a feature he's used, but he used what he called his geological analyzer for the scene sure. to find okay. those. Bo- so, Kit scans the inside of a shack, like on this area, and they find a guy inside, or what they assume is a man, because it's uh, they don't think it's um, what's his uh, Jamie, but they assume it's Joey. So Kit impersonates Mr. C to get Joey to come out of the shack so that Michael can disarm him and try to find out where Jamie is. And if he doesn't find that out, Michael's going to basically hand deliver Joey to Mr. C. Okay. And, and, and it was so funny, like Kit b- using his vocal analyzer or what was it? What vocal analyzer? Is that what it was? It's his poly polyphonic something analyze i don't remember doesn't matter yeah but he sounds exactly like mr c and he's like you know joey you should come out let's talk i I just want to talk to you you should come out here joey and i I thought it was great and i kind of was like well what happens if kit liked that voice so much he just refused to go back to his original voice oh my god i want an episode where kit just starts talking like other people yeah oh it would be great so 
so Joey tells Michael, he's like, all right, fine, listen, they took her to a place called Road's End, which is part of the race course. So Michael puts Joey in the trunk of his own car, uh, and he and Kit drive off. I, I don't. You mean Michael think, puts Joey put in Joey Joey's in, car? Michael puts Joey in the trunk of Joey's car. Why would Michael put him in Joey's trunk? Just so he wouldn't. Like, what was the point? I of don't. That? So he'd stay in one place. You know, I was thinking, yes. why don't you put Joey in Kit? Because Kit's trunk is like a prison. Consider he's he's already snuffed two explosives in it over the course of well, the series. We, and in about two minutes, we find out that the probably would have killed joey if they had put him in the trunk that's true but i think it's funny like how they've done this on multiple uh, uh, episodes where the the answer is oh let's put them in the trunk or lock them in the trunk where nowadays you can't do that because there's a tag in every trunk to let you out of it exactly (laughs) so i don't i I just think it's an interesting sign of the times back when refrigerators could kill kids so we go back a couple minutes here so as the race is getting ready to start rooster realizes that someone has stolen his car and it's not there, and he can't enter the race because it's gone. So we find out that it was stolen by Mr. C or whoever, and they have tied Jamie into the front seat of the car, and they've put the same thing, like the same wiring that Kit had driven over already. Basically, they put the detonating device underneath Rooster's car so that when the first car on the racetrack goes over the wire, it will incinerate the car it will incinerate rooster's car in anything within a 50 yard radius i think he said it's arbitrary but okay yeah 50 no i think it was more like 49.35 meters that sounds about right that sounds a lot better so this is the first time we've seen this in the show and unless i'm wrong but when they get there and they try to figure out how to save jamie kit tries to start rooster's car himself huh i did not i guess that is the first time I was trying to remember. He can't do it. He doesn't get it started, unfortunately. Um, but Michael's like, Kit, we got no choice. You're going to have to snuff it out with your trunk. <laughs> and Michael's like, I can't. He's like, I barely withstood the last one. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> no. He's like, well, we're going to have to give it a shot. Well, let's keep doing Bonnie probably upgraded you. You'll be fine. And Michael stays in the car this time when he drives over it. So it was like within like a half a second, Michael drives over to the device as the other car drives over. And it detonates underneath Kit and blasts out and <laughs> stops the car from incinerating. Perfect. Now, if Joey had been in the trunk, that would have been a bigger cleanup. Oh, it would have been like, uh, oh, what was MacGyver's friend who got blown up in the hull of that ship? Charlie. Charlie, right. He would have been turned to paste. Yeah, and that would have been like, they would never have gotten that smell out of the upholstery. Oh, no. Con- considering last time Kit was complaining about the smell of sulfur or whatever, the last bomb that blew up, yes. at least it wasn't yeah. wrapped around a person, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he like opens the trunk and there's just two eyes like hanging off the top of the it's trunk just door. all like wet pink mist everywhere goes, michael michael you should check on joey in the trunk he opens the trunk and it's just just like dripping and he's like he shuts it he's like nope he's fine he's fi- totally fine we gotta go he's we good. have to go Let's now just, we we need to go now we need to find that toxic waste oh, wouldn't it be now. funny if that was kind of a running gag though like every time mike that maybe that's why michael doesn't put joey in the trunk because every time he's done it before that happens kit just <laughs> turns them into a pink slime it's just like it's it's like every kid has been we don't see it but kid has been remodeled like 18 times because they keep throwing him into the toxic waste dump <laughs> to destroy the evidence michael again mike mike again michael <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way, Kit. Sorry, you gotta you gotta stop oh. melting people in your trunk. <laughs> so, all right. So they save Jamie's life, and we cut back for the finale of the episode. And Devin is like, kind of gloating a little bit about how, like, you know, in his heyday, he was once a, a car. He used to race cars, and he was, you know, more like what do you call it, Formula One? Yeah. He was more into the Formula One circuit, and Bonnie's like, oh, oh, Devin, I'd love to see your trophies at some point. And Devin's like, uh, oh, well. I never actually got any trophies, but I finished, and that's all that matters. Yeah, it's like, no. Oh, trophies? What? No, no, no trophies. I always finished, and I have many fond memories. It's just like, it was so funny. Devin was just kind of like, oh, you're missing the point. I did it for fun. But but here's an, that's another thing that we didn't know. Devin used to run, uh, race Formula One cars. <laughs> he, was a, he was a POW. He escaped from two German prison camps. He drove Formula One cars. He was. He also was into motorbiking. Remember Dusty Miles? Yes. Oh yeah, totally Dusty Miles. Yes. Like so, he's got a storied past that we haven't. We gotta. We gotta kind of dig a little bit deeper into for the next you know season and a quarter. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about um, Devin Miles. So so Rooster shows up while they're at the ca- while they're eating their burgers, 
and he basically gets pissy with Michael and Kit because he never got his final race. And he's like, I want you, I want one more race with you guys. And Michael's like, uh, could I be excused, please, to do this? And they're like, oh, please, by all means. And everyone gets like really excited and they're getting ready to race. And Kit just like bombs, like goes like zero to 90 in like three seconds. And just LaRooster sits there in shock watching it. And then we end the episode. <laughs> oh boy. And it, it um, just. Oh, what a nice, this, neat little package this was. This was, it was perfect. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved every second of this episode. You texted me this morning because you watched it first and you were just like, the first thing you texted is, oh my God, you're going to love this episode. And it was, it was, it was perfection. It was like just this little slice of perfection in the Knight Rider universe. And I loved every second of it. It was so perfect. Like everything, and it's funny that it happened now, but everything's like built built up to this episode like ev- all the jokes in it all the writing like everything they did like the the previous two and a half seasons prepared us for this episode you know and i only hope yeah. that more of this happens i can't wait oh i can only i can only hope it's going to be a great it's going to be a great last couple episodes here or last you know what do we have 22 30, i think we have like 30 33 episodes left in the series which doesn't so seem what is like that, a lot 33 weeks three wow weeks, that's going by got, fast and then we've got the tv movie after that so we've got we got a little bit of time left with the show probably another four to six months left on the show but still oh my god i'm gonna be so sad like this i know i have not this is so much damn fun this show is amazing everybody that everyone that said you're gonna love it is absolutely right it's been great no Absolutely, one hundred percent is. I will say it's better. It's for me. This is far superior to MacGyver. Absolutely, without a doubt. I with MacGyver, I would not be looking forward to watching the nep- next episode. But with no. Mag- with a uh, McKnight Rider, <laughs> Mc McRider, McRider. I love. <laughs> I I'm like I'm gonna watch some Knight Rider. Okay, great. Love like it's good. Yeah, I'm in. Um, so. Do you want to hear what's coming up next week's episode? I sure do, David. All right. Next week's episode is season three, episode 18, Night and Nerd. Nerd is spelled K-N-E-R-D. After a scientist is murdered and his black crystal is stolen, Michael and Kit race to recover the missing half that would allow the thieves to activate a thermal laser, a beam of concentrated heat that can cut through anything, including Kit. Because of course it can. Because of course they're gonna friggin' activate a thermal laser that can cut through. Kids. This shit is awesome. Oh my god. It's so it's so perfect. Oh yeah. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be another good episode. Oh, hey, did you have a did you have a Schmankman this week? Because I had a very clear one when I watched it. it my my Schmankman this week was the uh was the valet or or front desk worker. I, I thought it was the same person at the hotel. The guy the guy who like was like completely befuddled yeah. watching the self okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time in the history of our Schmankmans, Greg, that we've got a double Schmankman because that was mine. Really? Oh, dude. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. It was just like perfect. He was just this dude there, and he had a very limited role, but it was kind of pointless. I-, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I That's the first time that we've started this since, what, season two. We got the same... Uh, same schmank. Double schmank. Love it, man. I love it. Um, so uh, yeah, this episode, it's it's perfection. It's just I love I love it. I love this show. <laughs> I love this show deeply. <laughs> it loves you deeply um, too. Greg, do you have any uh do you have any closing thoughts before uh before I give our uh little social medias? Man, I really hope that this isn't the peak, because I want more. I want more so no. much. My tolerance no, has been pushed be so high, I need it. I need it, I need it's a bigger fix. Be even the worst of season four, I think, is going to be the best of. It's going to be better than season seven of MacGyver. <laughs> It'd be my guess. <laughs> oh man, I'm looking forward to this. All right, so guys, listen. If you want to get in touch with us, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash/ChampaKlein. You can find us on Instagram at Night Rider Years. Uh, we have a new Twitter handle. You can find us on Twitter at Night Rider Pod. Um, so you can find us there. Uh, you can visit our website, ChampaKlein.com, to uh, find actually all of those links to to our social medias as well you can call our hotline at 207-835-1954 and leave us a message about anything you can leave us a rate and review on apple podcasts it is the best way for us to be seen and heard by other listeners uh, greg uh any final thoughts no before we say good evening bring it on ready for next week all right guys let's do it so for the night rider years i am johnny finger damn it that was mine <laughs> well i'm johnny 
butt finger. <laughs> Have a fantastic week, everybody. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.